Superman series from the, well, the Richard Donner up to present, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, how far are we going back? Nineteen seventy-nine. Seventy-eight, I think. Seventy-eight. Just, just seventy-eight. Yeah. Right. Now this is like the the granddaddy, the godfather of all superhero movies. Mm. This was the one that did it right first. Yes, it was. Do you agree <laughs> with that? Yeah. I, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, all, all credit to Richard Donner for the you know the feat that he pulled off in 1978 with Superman. So you you saw this at the cinema, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Bastard! I knew you were <laughs> of course I did. Yeah. I'm surprised you even asked me these things anymore, Stephen. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, but but I I'm interested to know because this one was such a spectacle, and mm. I remember watching this as a kid. Start before that. Tell me about the the lead up to the film coming out, if you um, remember any of that. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I was very young. It was, um, it was, you know, just post Star Wars. You know, I think Star Wars was the first really enormous movie that I'd ever been taken to, and uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was the first of the really enormous movie, wasn't it? But you know what I mean. So it was that era. So it was right. I mean, in fact, I think uh, you know. So yeah, I mean, I got to see um, straight away. I remember the lead up uh, a little bit. Um, yeah. I remember sort of seeing the clips of um, I, I, the, the clip that they always showed was the helicopter rescue with Lois Lane. Yes, that's the bit that they always that, that I remember sort of seeing quite a lot. You know, the the, the yeah, you got me. Who's got you? Yeah, that line. Yeah. So it, it was very exciting. Um, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't much of a I hadn't actually really discovered comics. I mean, I'm, my relationship with, with comics was quite brief anyway, but it wasn't that young. I wasn't, you know, I was only seven or eight when I went to see this. So, you know, I hadn't really discovered Superman yeah. in any great way. Um, but this film was, uh, was was another one of those sort of landmark, you know, moments of going to see a movie and getting really sort of blown away. Um, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I I was never a comic collector myself when I was young. The closest I got into it was a publication that came out called The Eagle. Do you know of yeah. that? Yeah, I remember. Which had Dan Dare in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pilot of the Future. 
And, yeah, yeah, exactly. And an interesting series, and there's well called Death Wish, which was not related to the Charles Bronson films at all, no. although for some reason I knew about them. Yeah, no, I never bought comic books or graphic novels until I was an adult. Mm. So I don't know where I heard about Superman first. It may well have been from this film coming out, for all I know. Mm. And probably it was, considering I was... If it was, well, if it was 78, I was two. <laughs> but when I actually got around to watching the film... Um, I would imagine it just would have been this film where it was cemented with me mm. and has stayed that way pretty much up until present day because I've I've still not really visited the graphic novels or the, any of the comic series. I've I've done research on them, I've read books about them, but I've still never actually read a single issue. Yeah. Because I'm just not that interested in Superman. It's complicated for me, Superman, because if someone were to say, you know, who's your favourite superhero, he's not up there for me. No. But I, but if, and if someone was to say list your top ten superhero films, there's a possibility that this first film, which I'll say right now, I think is is the best out of the lot, isn't in there. But I guarantee you, every time I will come away from that top ten list, and then someone will go, "What about Superman?" and I'll suddenly feel unbelievably guilty. Yeah. Because it had a huge impact on me, and it is still a wonderful film to this day. It is. You know the points of which we'll go into as we as we go through it. Mm. But Superman's an odd one. I know people that really, really l- like the idea of the character, where I was much more of a Batman kind of person, the, the darker, grittier side of things, as opposed to a guy that you just can't stop. Well, I think that's very common in our generation. Uh, you know, the yeah. post Baby Boomer generation. I think that's quite common. That Superman sort of seems to, certainly in its kind of classic comic book iterations yeah. you know, seems to represent more of a sort of you know not not really baby boomer but a kind of kind of the baby boomer generation you know uh, a mm. bit before that but but mostly that you know and so you've got and he is a kind of you know in some ways perceived as a much less conflicted character and you know he's just sort of pure goodness and, yeah uh, and you know ultimate might and and all the rest of it and might and right you know and uh, yeah. and the american way and all that um and yeah, I think people of our generation do find more sort of food in things like Batman, who are much more sort of conflicted and darker characters. It's yeah. very odd because Superman does have his background. The yeah. parents are gone, dead, etc. Yeah. And then, and then again with his uh, his human father and Park N, he doesn't run around as a tortured soul. The most tortured thing that comes out about him is the fact that he has to keep his identity a secret. Yeah, from what I've seen, but I think. I think I know the answer to why it is that I love this film so much and that I do have a respect for the character and the reason for why I feel guilty when I don't list it in a top ten. Mm-hmm. And it's Christopher Reeve. Right. A lot of love for the Reeve. Yeah, yeah. It's the way I've... I mean, we've mentioned Christopher Reeve on our John Carpenter podcast when we talked about the Village of the Damned remake. Yeah, we did. And we both said that he was clearly the best thing in it. Yeah. Guy can act... But obviously this is the role that he is, has been and probably always will be remembered for. And he just owns it. And he was a nobody at the time, wasn't he? This was his big break. It was, yeah. yeah. And he was um, massively uh, you know, underweight as well <laughs> in terms yeah. of the, you know, what was... I knew thing? you were going to go on about the weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, massively. So, I mean, you know... Yeah. Soft uh, jawline. <laughs> No, he had a great duel line, best, best in the business. But it's the way that he played the role. He played Superman, and I'll, in fact, I think he played Superman even better in the second film. All right, they filmed them both at the same time. But the scenes in particular where the purity of Superman comes out so well mm. in both of these films, 
But the other thing that people have to remember is that he also played Clark Kent, and my God, did he nail that character down. He really did. In a way that I will go against the grain when we get to Superman Returns. No, no, I think uh, I think he deserves all the credit that he gets for, for the work that he did in these films. And so does Richard Donner. Yes, indeed. Well, the two, between the two of them, I, I, um, you know, you have a sort of situation where commitment to the, uh, you know, to the reality of what they're doing rather than being kind of nod, nod, wink, wink to the sort of yeah. absurdity of it. Um, it is everything and I think Reeve um, absolutely it, you know he's he was the one who sold it to everyone you know I mean he absolutely sold it and and uh, yeah like you say he he was um, so good as both characters as well mm. that um, I mean this is why that it, it's been so difficult to to recast um, I think in the years since um, uh, you know it, yeah because it, it's not the character it's the problem it's the fact that someone did such a good job yeah. beforehand and this film in particular the first one is so good as well yeah 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 definitely mm. right well let's get into this film then so where would you like to start krypton <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i'm going to go right superman 2 came out 3 years later yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes there we are brando and hackman with a with a yeah. With the big names, the big I, like, names. I, I do. I've I've seen the publicity materials on the mm. supplementary material you get on the, the Blu-rays and the DVDs, yeah. and I love the fact that on the poster, Hackman still had his mustache. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's clearly yeah. a shot that they took before they started filming. Yeah, it's like some, one from the French Connection or something, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's how they that's how they financed the movie, wasn't it? Well, that's how they kind of yeah. got uh, the the. Uh, yeah, they're both good. They're both good yeah, in the well, film. I mean, Brando, good, Brando, yeah. though, I always think is just overrated a little bit. But while he is very good in the role as Jor-El, I, uh, yeah, I've never, I've never been one who's like gone back and looked at all the stuff that Brando has done. He tends to be in a lot of films that I, a lot of films that I think are overrated as well, like the Godfather films. I'm not a huge fan of, mm. and the stuff that he's done before in the fifties, you know, half of which I just haven't seen. Yeah. I was blown away, and as I dare say, a lot of young kids were at the time, by the production design Absolutely. going on in Krypton. Yeah. Um, I have no idea if I was taking in the plot points, but, you know, when the planet exploded, I kind of got the point. I think everyone was very wowed by that sort of uh, that 3M material stuff that they used, the reflective material that they used for the, for the outfits on Krypton. That's right. Um, the, you know, the, this kind of uh, stuff that cinema screens are made of or whatever. And yeah. then, uh, you have to sort of shine a light into it to make it yeah, reflect like that. And uh, yeah, I remember. I can remember watching the movie as a kid um, at the at the cinema, and you know, being very just um, you know, literally dazzled. You know, both both sort of literally and figuratively by by these sort of uh, characters. You know, and of course, Brando. Um, I mean, I didn't know who Marlon Brando was at the time. You know, I mean, all, all yeah. I knew was that he had this immense, you know, sort of gravitas to what he was doing and saying and putting the little baby in the you know, in the, uh, in the sort of little crib in the middle of the satellite thing. And, uh, and, you know, the, just the, the gravitas of it all, you know, and the, and the drama, especially with, with, you know, the fact that the place is falling apart and, you know, and Susanna York crying on his shoulder. And it's just, I mean, you know, when, when I revisit the movie, that, that old yeah. dialogue still really, really works so well. You know, it's, it's, it's so, I mean, it's messianic, you know, it's, it's, that's what it's all yeah. about. It's, but it's, um, it's awesome. It's interesting, because we mentioned the marketing, that they were basically selling the film on the names of Brando and Hackman. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that at that time, because 
they were known for doing adult movies, and this was, it's not, it's, I suppose it's a bit harsh to say this is a kid's film, but this is family entertainment. Yeah. And a doubt on the poster that said, Last Tango in Paris is Marlon Brando. <laughs> so I'm wondering, I mean, they must have been talking to adults, because kids, as you, you say, wouldn't know who these two actors were. No. So they would hardly be tugging at, you know, the trouser leg of the, the mum or the dad going, take me to go see that. But like like the greatest um, of family movies, though, it, it's one, it, you know, it was written, um, you know, the, 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 the kind of mindset you can tell throughout the whole thing. And, and I know that we're, mm. we're going to disagree when we get to Superman 3 over this particular point, I think. But you leave Superman three alone. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, <laughs> but but you can tell there's a sense um, with this film that it was written. It wasn't written down to anyone or or written to exclude anyone. You know, it, it, it was it was it was written in a way that you know adults can you know definitely you know get a lot of um, pleasure out of this film. And there's a lot of there's a, some great dialogue, from really good writing. You know, it's a nicely, beautifully produced movie. You know, it's a super wide, um, you know, seventy millimeter, you know, movie. It's beautiful. That you know, it's a very, very mm. lovely movie to look at. Yeah. And um, and just you know, just done in such a way that they're not taking the piss out of it. You know, they're they're absolutely serious, but at the same time, <laughs> it's funny. Blah 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 blah. So, but and as a kid, as a as a seven year old going to see the pictures, I'm also completely you know hook line and sinker. So there you go. You know, job done. <laughs> there you go, Ben Pegley. Ever so slightly backhands Superman three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. You wait till we get there. I'm a grown man, <laughs> goddammit, and I still like that film. <laughs> yeah. Just wait until we get to the bit about the bloody traffic lights beating each other up. <laughs> <laughs> I think what I really like about this film is that it's it is in no hurry to get anywhere. No. And I never saw a comic book movie do that again until Batman Begins. Yes. <clears throat> very, very similar pace. You're talking a good hour until you get the appearance of Superman for the first time. Mm. This film really takes its time setting up what's going on in Krypton with, well, the situation with the planet and with the family and then him being catapulted away in space. And the supervillains, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then arriving on Earth with the human family with uh, uh, Glenn Ford. Glenn Ford, yeah. The dad, yeah. And he put a lot of pathos into the character that he was playing. And when it happens, when he loses his second father, mm. but the only one that he's known physically, it's a crushing moment. Crushing. Because, yeah. it, it, it you, I mean, you get the sense of something bad's about to happen because he grabs his arm, and then it cuts away to a long shot, and you just see this figure dropping over. Yeah. And I'd not seen anything like that before as a kid. And we haven't mentioned it yet, but boy, the music... Is yeah. working overtime as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, in case we forget <laughs> to mention the music, which I don't see happening, the whole John Williams thing is just—it's just another one he just knocked out of the park. Yeah. He was in his prime at this time. He'd done Jaws. He'd done Star Wars. Now it was time for Superman. Raiders of the Lost Ark was yet to come. He was right in, in the middle of his prime, and he wasn't young at the time either, was he? No, no, no. It's a marvellous score all over it. Yeah, no, let's let's address the score now then, just okay. in case we forget. And actually, it's a good thing to talk about it at the beginning, because one of the... Uh, if you were to uh, say to me, what you know, what are your three favourite scenes in this film? One of them is the opening, just yeah. before... Just as the credits happen, where the, you know, the, the screen opens up, and uh, the theatre curtains open, and then you get this black and white image of the boy reading the comic book, and it dissolves into film. 
yeah. where you see the Daily Planet, and then from there it goes beyond. You know, the boy's voice sort of filters out ever so slowly, and the music really swells up, and then you get the credits, and then the music really, really starts to sort of hit and happen. That gives me such a rush every time I see it. Yeah, yeah, child or adult. Uh, you know, I don't want to be vulgar about it, but it really, really does turn me on. That se- that <laughs> sequence. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. And it has three main sections to it. The love theme that's in the middle, mm-hmm. the main, da, 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 you know, at the beginning, yeah. and then my favourite bit, which is the third section, which which goes, you know, na 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 na. That's my favourite part of the the actual main theme, and I've actually got the whole sort of six seven minute track of the opening credits on my iPhone, and I absolutely love it. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a terrific. Um terrific score all over i mean even and 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 it's one of those ones where like you say you do have <clears throat> you have sort of those three you know sort of signature um mm. uh, themes but 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 there isn't a duff cue in the whole thing you know no. it, it, it's very very good i mean it, i think if i would you know if i had to sort of um you know think of my you know absolute favorite um you know scores uh top mm. five scores you know i mean we've talked at length about james horner's star trek 2 yeah, um, that's in there, and this is in there as well. You know, oh wow! It, yeah, we should do that sometime. We need to like come like watch your top ten scores, but yeah. I'd find that unbelievably difficult. Yeah, um, I think I'd get to. And in fact, I'd find it yeah. difficult coming up with top ten John Williams scores. <laughs> uh, yeah. But a worthy discussion, nonetheless, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah. Mm. But it's it's a it's a it's a very listable score. Even the you know the cues and the incidentals and the stuff that's mm. kind of minor stuff. Uh, and like I said, the cue that come that 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 works through that scene with uh, uh, with Park Kent uh, dying and all that stuff, that all the yeah. Smallville stuff. I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's great stuff, you know. And and but the, he can the, get comedic as well because you think of the, the the tune that plays whenever Otis is on screen. Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. More for, just more further reason why that Michael Giacchino guy is not the new John Williams because he's not done any of this. <laughs> no. no, you know what. I rewatched the beginning of Star Trek Into Darkness, and what the fuck is going on with that volcano? <laughs> anyway, sorry. I promised. I promised. <clears throat> Superman. Superman. Yes. Superman. Yes. It is just fantastic, and it is I think pre- pretty much people know that by now. There's very few people out there, I think, that don't like it, or at very least, don't appreciate it for what it is. That's true. Although, although I know the main fanfare, a lot of people who aren't um, necessarily sort of real listeners of, of music, or, or at least people who who aren't sort of perhaps you know really kind of you know familiar with them, uh, yeah. they confuse the the Star Wars and, and Superman main themes quite a lot. Oh, I used to do that as a kid. Well, I'm not confused. <laughs> just sort of sing one and and very easily segue into the other. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a sort of reason for that, and sort of mu- musical, sort of mechanical reason for that in, the, in this sort of. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it, it, yeah, I, I understand it. But I mean, it's kind of you know, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, those people don't listen to this podcast, no. so fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean, hey, the, the music score is so great that the guy that took over for Superman two and three had, you know, just couldn't fuck it up. Nothing to do. Yeah, I know. exactly. Yeah. So, what did you think about the, the on the Earth backstory then, with the young actor playing, uh, you know, this this good-looking kid, dubbed with by Christopher Reeve, wasn't he? And, and had a nose piece, I think, as well. Yeah, to make his nose look more like uh, Christopher. Oh, really? Reeves. Yeah, yeah. I okay. Think so, yeah. yeah, I really enjoy the few scenes that get, especially when he's uh, when he. Uh, you can see literally in one scene just how pissed off he is, having to deal with this sort of alternate identity, even as a teenager. Mm. 
he's sort of holding it in, but he, you see that one moment when he sort of loses his temper a bit and he boots that ball <laughs> up into the <laughs> yeah, air. That's right, yeah. And then legs it to race this car home because he's been, you know, not picked on, but, you know, taunted by the sort of the, the school jocks and yeah. they've run off in the car with the girls and he's thought, fuck them, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to beat them where they're going. That's right. And yeah, the it, whole it scene is, next to the train and everything, yeah. It is, it is. It's a wonderful moment when that happens. And sadly, it's straight after that where you get the death of the father, and it's like, mm. oh. But the father gets to get the message across of, right, you're having fun, but at the same time, you, you, you can't take these risks, blah, 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 yeah. because of who you are and how special you are. It's almost an Uncle Ben moment, isn't it? One way or another, they're going to repeat in a much broader sense, I think, in the new one when it comes along, judging mm. by the trailer. And I'm looking forward to that. that. Those are the scenes that I'm looking forward to the most. And yeah. right here, they've done it so economically and, and with such sort of minimalism in terms of the amount of scenes that they've had to, to portray this. And it's just masterful. It's just masterful writing. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's there to service the, you know, the, 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 the drama. You know, every, every scene is, is important. There's nothing, there's no, you know, there's, you know even though it, it does take a long time before we get to Metropolis and before we get to Superman, in the, in, in, you know, it, yeah. it doesn't feel like there's anything that's fluff or filler. It's really... No, not at know, all. No, it's, it's, it's perfect kind of framing. Every time I've watched this, I, I always think, oh, God, I'm probably going to end up fast-forwarding some of the... Because it's like 45 minutes to an hour before we even get to Metropolis, never mind Superman. Mm. And I never do, because yeah. there is not a, a dull moment. And I, and the same with Batman Begins. You know, I always sometimes think, if I wanted to get to the action, that I'm going to be waiting before I get there. But nope, very well written. But I'm not going to blow smoke up that film. <laughs> this is this one. So do you think that there was anything missing that they should have done or could have done in the, uh, the the youth of the character. Um, I think that's an interesting question to ask uh, in terms of people who maybe have watched Smallville or you know or, or people who've read the comics. Uh, you know, no. In terms of cinematically, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it works perfectly for me, for me. Uh, yeah, but then I am someone who, like yourself, you know, it hasn't got a massive, you know. Um, you know, sort of comprehension of the, of the comics, or you know, uh, experience of the, of the comics, and mm. uh, and I'm not a Smallville uh, watcher either. I've never really got into that, so it's kind of. I've like, never well, seen an episode. Yeah, so I'm, and I'm, I don't I'm know why worried. though. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I've never watched Smallville, but I just, or um, the one in the nineties. What was it, Lois and Clark? Oh God, Lois and Clark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the less said about that, the better. Um, so yeah. yeah, again, like I said, it's literally because I have a limited investment. In the actual character of Superman himself, mm. it's literally Christopher Reeve that's kept me sort of on board. The only reason why I got invested as I did with the Brian Singer film is because they were continuing that storyline, that trend, that storyline in the same vein of those yeah. films. But we'll get to that one later. Yeah. All right, then. So we, we get introduced to Clark Kent as an adult, and just immediate, immediately, this bumbling buffoon. Yeah. Just the way he, you know, he tries to come in doorways and he always ends up still back outside or just the way he interacts with people and the way that his body language is moving. Yeah. I don't know how the guy does it, but it's it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the way that he, the way that he, he he just makes himself, you know, Mr. Cellophane to other people in the room, but at the same time he's just a bumbling nerd. Yeah. It's and it's how, a fantastic and, ruse and, how and a fantastic that performance. Being 6 foot 5. I know. Is you he know, six five? Yeah, six four, six five. I think. Mean, yeah. Fucking hell! Mm. <laughs> He's not <laughs> a small guy. You know. Um, yeah. That's I mean, that's actually pretty amazing for for a guy of that size to be able to physically alter a performance like that and be subtle about it as well. 
Sometimes. Well, I mean, we'll get to it. There's a specific scene in Superman 2 that is all about that, that body language, him changing from, from Kent. I can think of a really unsubtle bit in Superman 2 that's all about that. It's when a taxi runs into him at the beginning. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll get to it when we get to Superman 2. But, but yeah, yeah, he, yeah. His, his, his ability to, Reeves' ability to, to you know, completely inhabit Kent when he's Kent and Superman when he's Superman yeah. is, is just... I tell you what, though, I I sometimes prefer him when he's playing Clark Kent. Yeah, I know what you mean. That's where the most of the comedy is as well. Weirdly, isn't it? Yeah, that's where most definitely the the humor. So, what did you think about our Lois Lane, Margot Kidder? Margot Kidder. Um, I loved her. I mean, I I, you know at the time I I thought Mm. she was great and and a great choice uh, for for Lois Lane. You know, in terms of how sort of feisty uh, she is. and I thought she was, you know, yeah, she was a good choice because she's not, you know, she's not drop dead gorgeous or anything, but she was cute enough, and uh, uh, but she was, uh, yeah, and no, she was a great, and she was intelligent. She's obviously an intelligent um, actress, you know. She had had a lot of, uh, uh, you know, she had a, she had some yeah. something there, you know, which was great, you know, very very, you know, a lot of substance, you know. Um, I felt that you know she was um, you know when you watch the um, like you said uh, mentioned the sort of uh, materials that you get on the DVDs and stuff when you watch some of the other screen tests you know it's, mm. it's really interesting seeing some really good actresses just you're doing their own take on that scene and, and yeah you know, it, it is amazing it's one of those things where if you were ever a casting director and you were in that situation where you've got these you know actresses coming in and you see the one you know and you can you can see that Margot Kidder's the one. You know, from how she does that that screen test, you know, and it's it's like it's completely different from how everyone else does it. Yeah. You know, it's um, amazing because it's generally regarded as a well-defined character these days because she is so feisty, because she's all about the story, because this, that, and the other, and she does do it so well. Mm. She does it very well, and in fact, again, when we come to the singer one, I'll be giving you a completely different version of that when we talk about the actress that took on the role then. Okay. But Margot yeah. Kidder did a fantastic job and she's always getting herself into trouble even in some of the dumb stuff in the second one no matter what version you watch mm. the Donica or the theatrical I totally believe in that character yeah. because she's you know yeah she she did a, you know as good a job as Christopher Reeve did with Superman and Clark Kent she did a, a fantastic job of uh, Lois Lane mm. the only thing I don't like about Margot Kidder is her screaming voice but it sounds like a horse that smokes, you know, sixty a day. Help! Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank God you didn't show us any more of those bed scenes in Superman too. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mind you, I think she does some proper screaming when she's hanging off that helicopter. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm sure she does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when we first get to see Superman, where does he change for the first time? He doesn't go into the phone it's box, does he? It's the revolving door, I think. Ah, it's at the revolving yeah. door. And he comes out and the pimp goes, uh, Say, Jim, whoa! <laughs> 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 and he sort of goes, again, excuse me. <laughs> 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 he takes off. Yeah, so Lo- Lois is his first job as Superman. Yes, yeah, that's appropriate enough. And I think it's after that we get the montage, don't we? The crime-busting montage, you know, the guy climbing up the outside of a building and the... Um, the was the end of the airplane in trouble where he has to like you know help hold the the wing up. Yeah, I think mm. so. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's stuff. always good fun to yeah. watch. Doesn't he save a tree, a cat in a tree? Yes. Yeah, he even got time to save kitties out of trees. Bless. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Lex Luthor, mm. Gene Hackman, yes, and his uh, sidekick Otis, the wonderful Ned Beatty. Yes. And oh god, what's the name of the? 
uh, Valerie no, Perrine's character. Yeah. Uh, Miss Teshmacher. Uh, yeah. Teshmacher. Matter- Miss Teshmacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. I can't say it quietly. You got to shout it, haven't That's you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Teshmacher. Yeah, I thought they worked quite well. Because I mean, how do you come up with a, a, a foe against a guy that you know can't be hurt? Well, exactly. you know, unless you introduce kryptonite, which they do later on. Mm. You know, I only I only discovered recently. This is how much I don't know about Superman. That there's not just green, but there's also there's literally every color of the rainbow kryptonite, and each one has a different effect on him. Yeah, although I'm which not is, sure. Which is what the one in the third film should have been really, but they thought, fuck it, we'll keep it green so people don't get confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, some of that stuff sort of smacks of um, of kind of more sort of modern developments but I mean I don't know how far back you know, really yeah I, th- I think it's something that they probably developed as the series went on yeah, yeah. through the ages you know like one makes him go crazy one turns him into a bastard yeah. which I guess is what they were going for the third film yeah well it was the, it was the kind of although they mucked it up you, you could, it doesn't really it doesn't really become evil Superman though does he? he just becomes douchebag Superman <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm gonna have to like look them all up there must be on Wikipedia Kryptonite look at the different colours and see what sure all the different effects are one of them one that makes him really horny <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah. well you have to find a way to kind of you know Bring you know, cut Superman down to size and make him vulnerable, don't you? So yeah, what is kryptonite? Is it like just radiated chunks from the planet? Yeah, yeah. by the sun. Yeah, so it's, it's basically it's... radiation poisoning is what it gives him, sort of. Yeah, but it, with, really with immediate effect, it. though. Yeah, I mean, because it's kind of you know, obviously it, it it you know takes away his powers or it kind of you know it reduces his his effectiveness and and, and kind of renders him uh, you know, I mean, in the film, it's kind of like they make that sort of necklace don't they that kind of chain yeah they put it around his neck and yeah I don't know I mean it's kind of I suppose if you're a comic aficionado you'd know all this stuff but I mean mm. f- for us it, for you know working from what you're told in the film it's 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 not that clear I mean it's pieces of the planet or whatever that's fallen to earth and and uh, it you know, has an effect and that's that you know <laughs> that's what yeah. you need to know isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but it is they, I mean like, as you say they had to create something to you know make him vulnerable yeah because there's not that many people from Krypton left over, apart from the three we run into in the next film. That's right. Because Lex Luthor can only do so much as right. a, a well, criminal I mean... mastermind of our time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. What's it, his plan's all about property de- development, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's, it's about setting off the, the San Andreas fault, isn't it? And kind of dropping yeah. most of California into uh, exactly. the sea. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oldersburg! Oldersburg. <laughs> <laughs> it's a itty bitty place! <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the the power of that in in the end is is that Luther, you know, he uses the fact that he knows Superman is, you know, he won't, he, you know, he he makes him make the choice, doesn't he? Mm. I mean, he this is the thing. He makes him, uh, you know, he puts him in a situation where he's, uh, you know, has to make a decision on who to save. Mm. You know, and that's the, that's the, you know, that's always going to be the thing. You know, it, it, the weakness is that he cares about the people, and we'll 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 you know, that's a line from the second movie. I think that's right. That's right. You know. I think he's at his most sinister, Hackman, in this film, and it's the scene when he says, "You know, I'm transmitting on your frequency, so only you can hear me," kind of thing. And the way he's because you again, you look at the scenes where he's bumbling around with Otis or Miss Tesh Miss Tesh Miss Tesh and it does work. <laughs> you do have to shout it. It does work. Yeah, that's very comical. But literally, when you get to a scene like that, when he's 
sort of talking one, and it's literally just his voice that you're hearing. He's so sinister. He's he plays you know the, the evil side of that character so well. You know, aided no end by John Williams' score. I dare say, mm-hmm. I think he was good. I think he was a good choice. Yeah, there's there's a there's an undercurrent. I think Gene Hackman has a he has a, a an undercurrent, you know, beneath the surface kind of um, you know malevolence that that he's able to kind of you know transmit very very clearly yeah. even when he's being funny or when he's not you know being an absurd mm. character. I mean, obviously Lex Luthor, you know, he's bald with the wigs on and everything, and there's there's jokes all over the place about that. And he's funny in places and all the rest of it, but but you don't for a minute doubt that he's, you know, really uh, serious about uh, about his malevolence. Yeah. You know, and that that's kind of key. What do you think of the rest of the the supporting cast? What do you think of Perry White and fucking Jimmy, I th- I who's think, playing no, a teenager strange... apparently? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing that I would say about the rest of the supporting cast is that is that of all of them, um, it's generally. Jimmy Olsen that I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, really you and me both. Fan. Yeah, it's him that I would say is is the weakest link of, of all the supporting cast. I think, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, yeah, all the kind of supporting cast. Mark Kent, you know, Phyllis Thaxter, and I mean, she was a big, uh, she was an old sort of movie star, wasn't she? And and Terence Stamp, obviously. Um, I don't like. Uh, I mean, obviously, you only get introduced to the supervillains at, at the front end, but they are. It is a key scene. Um, that sets up the whole sort of second movie and everything. And I think Stamp yeah. is awesome. I'll tell you what, no, though, I did. I had no. He introduced me to the word heirs okay. as an heir to the throne. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought he said ass or ass. I thought he was like being cocked. You know, one day I'll have you and your ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well come on, give me a break. I was like six or something. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah, I know. Uh, the only the other one that I didn't like, but of course she she doesn't really say anything in this movie is um, is what's her face um, uh, who was the you know who played uh, the female baddie Sarah Douglas. I her name. Sarah Douglas, yeah. Um, not a fan of her. There's but many lesbians out there that will disagree with you. I'm sure, but uh, um, but no, the supporting cast I think great. I mean, you know, um, Ned Beatty is you know he's just great. Um, Jackie Cooper, great. I mean, they're just yeah. Jackie Cooper fact, was great. The, as, it was great as I, um, I, 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 Perry I liked White. all of the you know because of course they filmed the thing in England. You know, it's, so, so you've That's got right. a lot of English guys in the supporting roles. A lot, a lot of them, especially like the elders, mm. the uh, Krypton elders. You know, most of those are kind of faces that you sort of recognise from seventies TV. You know, mm. like they've all been on uh, you know bloody you know, professionals or something. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or uh, or uh, what's the cop, the other cop one? They just did a remake of well, I don't know, whatever. Sweeney, um, uh, Sweeney, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's it's a very high level of supporting cast, I think. But but I think the the you know Mr. Uh, Olsen guy, um, what is his name? Mark McClure. Um, Mark McClure. That's Mark right. McClure, because uh, he, he uh, literally did host one of the retrospective documentaries that they made, age, but one of the cheesy, right, shitty ones that they made yeah, ages ago. And it's like, all oh, right, so you're the one they fucking hired to do that job because you're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you watch the Dirty, you look at the Dirty Harry box set, and you're like, "Oh, well, look, there's a documentary on Dirty Harry, and it's hosted by one of the three cops from the second film, and the third least famous one of the lot." You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah uh, uh, Ulrich, Robert Ulrich, or something. Yeah, yeah he's one of them. Scale, he's one of them yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he probably hosts <laughs> documentaries for the Disney Channel. You know, in the meantime, along with DB Sweeney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm yes. being cruel. 
You are. Well, what really? does he fucking care? He got the work. He was in Supergirl as well. Oh god, we're gonna have to talk about Supergirl, aren't we? Oh, I didn't even think we'd have to talk about that, but yes, we do, really. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about that whole... Yeah, I'm just going to go on about girls hitting puberty, because that's clearly what that film's all about. <laughs> you remember the scene when she's, like, sitting there with that big glass dick and that ball, and she's, like, playing with them between her legs? <laughs> How is that not about a girl to, given to her by a man, no less? A creepy yeah. paedophile uncle. How is that not yeah. about girls coming of age? <laughs> Never mind the flying, but yeah. flying through the trees, going wee. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, we, we, we might come to that. Supergirl, you know, at we'll, some point later. <laughs> we'll tack that onto Superman Four. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So what else have we got? Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. So right, yes. So yeah. That's a supporting cast then. Um, G U R. Yes. The action in general. So let's. The actual flying. But then also the you know the action scenes that you get. I mean, do you, for their time, obviously they're very good. But do you think they hold up today? Um, I think you can. I think you know, with the best love and best will in the world, I think you know you you can obviously see the um, you know the blue screen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, you know, the, and the ca- some you know the cable shots. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, I think for the time, you know, Reeve sold it. I mean, you only have to watch Superman 2 to see how <laughs> much Reeve uh, was selling the uh, the rig and how much the, the three supervillains did yeah. not have the time in the rig to, to, to be able to sell it on screen. But anyway, um, but yeah, no, I, I think some of it holds up pretty well. Yeah, I was going to say, I think because a lot of the action is so is written so well narratively that you just mm. buy it as you watch it. Yeah. Whether he's, you know, holding down the track of a railroad with a train going over the top of him, or, you know, just flying around, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think because the narrative is so strong, you don't give a fuck about what the effects look like. Although, having yeah. said that, yeah. if they were as bad as they were in Superman 4, we might be saying something different. Oh, yeah, yeah we'll get there. Yeah, the Star Trek V of the series. Okay, yeah. so this yeah. end sequence then... Mm. Well, you've got a lot of this oh. action going on because he's literally having to go from A to B to C to E, E, F, G. He's going through the whole alphabet, you know, putting out fires left, right, and center. Yeah. All the while, Lois Lane is dying, basically. Her car yeah. getting sucked and into the earth. And it, it's still one of the most shocking deaths for me in the cinema ever because I saw it at such a young age. You know, th- this is up there, and this this is actually stronger for the, the like when Spock died in Star Trek Two for me, because as much as people say, yeah, but at the end of Star Trek Two, you knew he was coming back. I didn't, but this one's stronger. No, that's bullshit when people say. Yeah, that, yeah, I think it's fucking absolute horseshit when yeah. they say that. And even on the, re- the the documentaries about that, when they go, oh, we put this little PS at the end of the tube, I was like, that didn't mean shit. No. But anyway, the point is, it's very protracted, uh, Lois's death, isn't it? Because they cut between Superman d- doing stuff and 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 the car, mm. you know. Gradually, seeming to take an age to, to, to tip over, and all this stuff coming in, and she's struggling to get out. And and you know, you, and you can see that she's really in there, and she's really getting all this crap pulled on top of her. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's not pleasant. But it's and, the point, um, and and I and I still have the same gut reaction, and because when it's happening, I'm like, oh, you know, oh, this is tense, this is exciting. The moment that I really start to sort of worry, and the moment that my heart sinks, is when he realizes she's in trouble. There's yeah. that pause. He's got that sort of smile. Like you know, it's not a smug look on his face, but he's like, "Hey, hey, I've just saved the day." <laughs> yeah, it's a job well done. And then suddenly, hang on a minute, what the hell is that I'm hearing? And you see yeah. the expression on his face drop, and it's right there and then because the music drops as well that you think, "Oh fuck, 
this is actually quite serious and he gets over there and I think when I was a kid I thought well he's going to get there in time and pull her out and she'll be the last thing that he saves that day and he gets there and she's already dead she did and and the music's gone he's the most alone person on the planet right there and then and the camera shows that off because even when it's got to the point where he's he's, because he has that pause where he's pulled the car out he's looked at it and then suddenly he just lunges forward grabs the door and rips it off to pull her out and again too late a reminder of the the father dying this is what happens but he pulls her out of the car and he lays her gently on the ground that's right ever so gently ever so gently and it's a real I mean you know there you go that's your moment there that that, you know wow (laughs) I know and at this point we knew nothing about turning the earth backwards as cinema goers (laughs) and we accepted oh oh god yeah but but this is literally this is you know past the credits at the beginning this is my favourite scene in the whole film is this moment right here from what we're talking about now to what happens immediately after camera literally just dissolves away into shots that are much much further away just to show you how alone he is and how hopeless the situation is and you're like fucking hell this is such a dark film all of a sudden and you think because it kind of gets to the point where you think right now it's going to move on to what comes next he's got to take her body back somewhere maybe etc etc but no it just comes straight back onto him and you know you just see him start weeping start crying and then just start shaking his head and then you get that fucking almighty roar Mm. and that is the moment that gets me every time is he literally just spins round and just shoots up towards the camera with that that fucking pissed off look as he shoots up into the sky because he just won't Ah, accept it goosebumps just thinking about it (laughs) i know i know it's such a powerful (laughs) moment in the cinema and, and, and it annoys me because every time you see a reference to Superman, it's always that fucking thing with him flying around the bloody planet at the end and he waves at the camera. Um, yeah. Which I like. <laughs> Don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> it's Christopher Reeve. Hey, see you next time, Superman. Yeah, yeah break the fourth wall, Superman. <laughs> but at the same time, it's unbelievably cheesy because he looks at the fucking camera. But this is, uh, th- this is the moment for me. And in fact, I suppose it's a little bit undercut by the fact that he stops. Because when he gets to the clouds, he stops and he's like hearing the voice of his father and of his human, yeah. uh, the, the, uh, uh, the biological father and the, the human father as well. He's, he's getting a montage of voices in his head saying, it is forbidden, it is forbidden, you know, you can't do this guilty or whatever. <laughs> and then he goes, right, fuck you lot, I'm doing it anyway. Whereas I thought in that moment, I could have done with that. That's if anything I could take out the film would be that bit there where he hears the voices. I mean, okay you want to hear the conscience and then him reject it. But at the same time, when that's just happened, and with the look that he had on his face when he shot up into the sky, he should have just kept going. Mm. And in fact, I would have liked it if he just kept going. You saw him whizzing around the planet and maybe had a close-up of him, because you do see a close-up of him as he's shooting around the planet, then maybe hearing those voices going off and him just with the look on his face like, "Uh uh-uh, ain't listening. It would have worked better. You don't fly up that pissed off where the love of your life has just died and then go, oh, what's that going on here? Let me stop for a moment and listen and go, oh, 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 oh. (laughs) Yeah, it is a... a, Yes, it is a... But I get why they did it. Um, I do get why they did it. It's because... I think they would have done it differently today. I think they could have done it differently had they not, um, you know, had to... You know, know, films often... You know, the best films don't do this... um, uh, 
don't do it as as obviously, but films always have to pander to you know the lowest common denominator. Yeah, have yeah, to yeah, yeah. For people, and, yeah. And the, the best films do it the most subtly, you know. And 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 this is this is a bit that for for you know when 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 we're all rocking along with Superman and we've got it, you know, yeah. we're there. We we don't need to know that you know we don't need that. But and that's why it's kind of a bit for us. It's like. Yeah, you know, it just it doesn't work. You know, whereas I think for some people it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, he's not supposed to mess with the timeline. And then you get that. You, I mean, you know, obviously the, the well, the timeline goes backwards. And I've got mm-hmm. absolutely. I just like to say for anybody listening out there, because I've heard it a million times on other podcasts and then written retrospectives and magazines and on websites. I've got nothing to say about it because I believe it. So fuck you if anyone <laughs> wants to moan about it. Because I, I believed it back then, and I believe it now. It's like, no, I'll, I'm happy to settle for that. I don't think it's a cop-out at all. I think it's to do with the character completely, and it's the end of a really amazing scene, and go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there is, a, there is, you know, if you want to think about it, I mean, I'm not bothered about the science of it, because obviously it's a movie, who cares? Yeah. And it's Superman, who cares? Right, okay, so fine. The uh, the thing that that does occur now that uh, every time I watch that bit um, now and it didn't at the time so it's so it, this is completely like it, it has not spoiled the movie one bit yeah right but the bit that does occur is that the whole yeah you know, the the fact is the reason why he couldn't save Lois was because he was saving someone else you know you know he was doing the damn you know, breaking making that damn yeah. thing or whatever you know? yeah so if he turns back the clock and then goes and saves Lois who's saving the other people from the dam you know you've got to assume that that's happening too as well and you don't think okay so what has he just let that town get crushed by water or what you know you sort of think you do kind yeah. of think yeah you know time's still going forward from a certain point so yeah you must have done yeah. something to stop everything from happening in the first place yeah you have, basically yeah, yeah. which is what you he should have done and I think in the original version of the Ragunu he was going to literally grab the missiles and chuck them into space which would then free the the, the, the bad guys right something like that yeah yeah well the, the earth turning it, backwards thing was the end of Superman 2 oh that's right because that wasn't even in there at all yeah, yeah. alright yeah yeah I don't care I honestly just don't care um, to the point no. where I'm like it's not worth talking about because all I'm going to do is spoil it for myself <laughs> and I'm like, no, it's, but it works perfectly, and yeah. and you know bollocks to the exactly. You know, the if you just really think, really. never mind the sequels, just think of it as a narrative, being about the character, and it works perfectly fine. And following it is another one of my favourite moments, and that's literally when he does come down, and she's in the car, and she can't get it started. And she's yeah. sitting there and she's bitching and whining about her car and about her day. Right, he just sort of and just silently the, just drops down next to Absolutely sweet look on his face. He's just looking at her because, you know, you, you can yeah. tell that he's just overjoyed that she's alive. Yeah. Doesn't he say, I think it's dead? Yeah. <laughs> and from then on, you're literally just tying up the rest of the film. And yeah. it's great and it's fantastic. And as we've mentioned, you get that great cheesy moment when he's flying around the planet and gives that smile to the camera. But, you know, hey, what a smile. You know, you can't resist it. You know, two right were coming back for more in a few years' time. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing that it took that long, though, to to bring it back. I know. Well, I I guess they probably had a few issues to work out in between the first two films. We'll get to that, Mm. won't we? Yes. I I tell you one thing we haven't mentioned yet, which which is amazing that we didn't mention it. The flying scene. Yeah, we'll talk about that some other day. (laughs) Yeah, can you read my mind, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it is the bit that divides a lot of people. I think. It does. I mean, my mum loves it, for example. Yeah, uh, um, romantics. I think will really love it. Cheesy romantics in particular. Again, yeah. it's kind of like the turning back the world thing. I 
don't care and I don't care to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's for me it's the one thing that 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 really dates the movie very much. Yeah. Uh, but I don't yeah, I don't mind actually. And, and weirdly I I I have, you know, you you read a lot of stuff uh, watch you know, documentaries and stuff, and you do get a lot of people kind of going on about that bit as being, oh, yeah, I yeah. shouldn't done that. But you know what? I didn't have a problem with it at the time either. And, and you know, now I might think oh, it's a little bit cheesy, but it's, but it, it's, it, you know, it may be a little bit cheesy, but it definitely has its, uh, it has its heart in the right place. Of course, you know? it I think does. That's, that's the key. Yeah, you know? it's, 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 it's nice, and I think it's, you know, it does serve to um, cement that. Uh, you know, that romance as well, and that, that love between the two characters. So, you know, which is, you know, something that is often kind of, you know, you, we're left to sort of, um, you know, just assume is there yeah. in, in some <laughs> movies, whereas this actually really does kind of make you think, yeah, actually, that that's right. There you go. Yes. You know, I believe this relationship, really. Yeah. But it is a routine yeah. that they, they do far too many times in these films. And if there's, if there's a scene in that in the, in the new one where he takes her for a fly in the sky, I'll be a bit annoyed. <laughs> <clears throat> and what if she goes can you read my mind <laughs> yeah that, that's that's the aspect that dates it the most is that whole thing never mind mm. they're the taking her for a flight it's the whole voiceover can you read my mind nonsense that just you know where's, where's the bucket where's the bucket oh. uh, yeah <laughs> but I'm, I'm not going to rag on that because no, no. yeah I'm going to leave it alone I think so well closing thoughts and you know we've got to work to a rating on this one but oh. I'm kind of guessing uh, yeah. Uh, if I can read your mind, that you're mm-hmm. gonna give this uh, four and a half, <laughs> <laughs> um, five all the no, way for me. It's five all the way. Yeah, yeah. I, there is not a single thing that I would uh, say is worth taking anything off this movie yeah. for four marks. Yeah. Um, and today, and like you say, it, I mean, you were saying it right at the beginning that that you you quite often forget to sort of think of this film when you're doing this kind of... Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I don't. And I mean, I remember we had, when we were doing, um, I think we did a sort of top, didn't we do on the site some kind of top five superhero movies or we did something like that, some poll or something or other? Like I know I did and one we, for, I used to work for a alternative magazine and we did top ten superhero movies and we got all the writers and con- uh, contributors to vote for that. And right. literally in the top ten, Superman wasn't there. And I remember distinctly straight after it, me going, oh my God, I don't even vote for it. What's wrong with right. me? Well, I remember something of that ilk mm. you know, a couple of years ago. And, and you know, everyone was you know, voting the, you know, the Batman and this, that and the other. And, <laughs> Batman and, and the Crow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, Superman the movie. <laughs> yeah, Superman, come on. Yeah. You know, it, it, it is so up there, you know. <clears> and, you, and even if you don't come down on saying okay it's the best superhero movie ever made mm. it's gotta be up there it's yeah. gotta be it's such a good movie and and you know and it like you say it's the um, it's the yardstick by which all others have been measured by absolutely in terms of and that's you know, probably the thing that makes me stop thinking about it because I'm very much the kind of person that is just because the Beatles influenced so much doesn't mean to say that they're so goddamn great kind of person and alright right. fine I know I'm in the minority there but as much as I'll love bands that were influenced by that band, doesn't mean to say that I have to love that band in turn. But I do think that I should appreciate them for what they have done and for who they have influenced. And that's the thing about Superman that I keep forgetting is that I keep thinking, ah, uh, it's, it's the one that influenced people, I don't care. But is it any good? And I keep forgetting to think about how great the film is. 
because it is clearly a very, very great film and has influenced so many, not just su- superhero movies, but <laughs> looking at superhero movies, clearly it is the godfather of the lot. It really is uh, and deserves all the praise it gets. But again, I throw it all down to, well, <laughs> a lot of people that worked on it. But Christopher Reeve is the man for me when it comes to these films. And when we get to number four, I'll be singing his praises again there. Because as I said to you, I was happy to throw that film out the, you know, into the bin and go, zero star, give it a zero star <laughs> review. And you said, are you sure? And I rewatched it and I was like, you know what, you're right. Because it's not that bad. Because he's so great. He is great. Yes. Well, on that note, we will move on to Superman 2. This is 1981. Uh, depends where you saw 1980, it. 1980, 81. 80 or 81, oh really? Mm. Okay. Yeah, I think we got it in 80. I think the States didn't get it until the following summer. Oh right, really? Mm. I bizarre. Mm. I think so. I'm going to have to get the Wikipedia big, big, up and have a look at that. <laughs> 9th of April, 81, United Kingdom. Doesn't say anything mm. about the, the United States. Oh, okay. June, I think it came out in, in, in the States. Anyway, so around about that period, so a good couple of years after the original film came out and well we'll get to the whole director's cut thing in a bit I take it you saw this one at the cinema as well Ben of course yes uh, I didn't this was a a video job for me and I loved this one as a kid I I liked it a lot the thing that baffles me the most because nowadays when I watch it and obviously I watched both versions quite recently on the blu-ray and I still like Superman 2 but I don't get, and you could be different. This is we, we could divide here on this. Mm-hmm. I don't get the whole. There's a there's a ton of people out there that think this is superior to the first film, right? And I don't see that at all. No. I really don't. And e- either cut, whether it's the Donner or the original cut, I do not see why people think this is as good or better than the first film. I think it's. Way, way, way below par. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I'm, and I'm the, not, and yeah. I'm not about to say that this film is crap. No. Uh, far from it. I think it's good. I just don't think it's great. Yeah, I think most of the people who would probably say something along those lines are, you'll probably find that they're the sort of people who'll go, who'll say something like, "Well, you know, the the film can hit the ground running because it doesn't have to tell the backstory, although it does." Yeah. Uh, you know, it kind of has a potted uh, sort of um, montage at the beginning, yeah. doesn't it? But it, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're that type, you know. Yeah, and has a set of villains that he can actually go up against who who are his equal. Indeed, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Possibly his superior because there's three of them. Well, yeah, because there's three, yeah, three of them, indeed. And we start with them, don't we? We get that recap of them on uh, Krypton. Krypton, as Brando Krypton. would say. 
Yeah. Before they and get this is the, into the, the theatrical version. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm. As they get you know put into the the Phantom Zone, yeah, but yeah. not by Jor El. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, unless it's the Donica. <laughs> unless it's the Donica, exactly. Guilty. Yeah. We'll get to that. Yeah, we get the old guilty faces. Because yeah. you get that little scene where they, they break into somewhere, and uh, what's the name of the big dumb stupid one? Nom. Uh, non. Nom nom. Non. Yeah. Non. And he, uh, I think he like breaks a guard's neck or something. He does. Yeah. Yeah, and then they grab a crystal and smash it, and then suddenly big they get red caught crystal, and. Yeah. Blah 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 blah, and I like Terrence Stamp in a role. I think he's good, but he but nowadays I watch it and he's very very pantomime for me. And the outfits don't help these bin liner outfits that they're wearing throughout. You literally just look at the way that he plays that famous line: "Come to me, son of Jorel, kneel before Zod." Yeah. Even if you just listen to it, but I mean, it's good. Don't get me wrong; I, I enjoy it, but I. I don't find him remotely threatening. <laughs> but as a kid, that was probably a different story. They're a bit too cartoonish, because you've got the one that doesn't talk, and he does stupid things. Yeah, And I know you're not a fan of her, are you? No, no. I've always found Anything her... in particular? Um, I think she's... Um, I mean, apart from the fact that she's a sort of a quite an, an odd-looking uh, gal, you know, I mean, she's always been quite sort of polarising in terms of her, her looks. I, I, some people, mm. you know like the way she looked in, in, in this in particular and some people don't. I I, I wasn't one who like who liked that sort of I mean, she yeah. was very, very you know, severe looking. But um <clears throat> but no, it's more really uh, that kind of she has a sort of school mum, you know, sort of stage school type acting style. I don't know whether it's the voice, the yeah. clipped accent or something. I don't know. It's, I've never been much of a fan, really. Yeah. No. And, and and I think she doesn't get really much of an opportunity in this film to do very much other than, you know, I mean, I, I, I like a few of the lines, but, you know, it's... Kind of... And she was either, I think she she was either, you know, kind of asked to be a little bit underweight or was certainly made up to look very, very gaunt and severe, yeah. you know, in, in the, with the white face makeup that they're all on. You know, they've all got this kind of... That's powder. right. Probably doesn't help that her, I think she's got a lot of shading on her cheeks as well in this film. Yeah, role, exactly. So, so she, she, look doesn't, a she doesn't look well. No, exactly. <laughs> perfectly cast for evil Lynn if she wanted the role. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, that was Meg Foster. It was um, Meg Foster. What, was the role, what other roles is Sarah Douglas famous for? Was, was, was it Red uh, Sonja or was it a She was Conan? the evil queen in the Conan Destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah. Wasn't she in V as well, the TV show? Yes, she was in V. Ah. Yes. And, and she was in uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 3, I think. I That's think right. As the doctor. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh god, that film! And I she's love that she's film. doing you know she's doing Ursa you know like in all of them. Bless her. Yeah, I like Terence Stamp. Obviously, I do. I mm. mean, I still like Terence Stamp, and I and I do know what you mean uh, in terms of the the the, uh, the campiness or the the theatricality of his yes. sort of Zod. You know, um, yeah, get it. And I mean, but I you know I quite like it still it's so it's okay but i mean uh and obviously the muscle is is non you know and i can't remember the guy's name who played non but jack o'halloran that's right jack o'halloran yeah he was in and uh, i i you know i quite liked drag him you know um but i but i thought that of course you know we've got this sort of situation where you know we all grew up with the richard lester you know the, the theatrical yeah version of the movie and mm. um and it was a departure from from the tone of the of the first one, and and yeah. but but you know when you're I mean I was you know nine or ten when when I went to see it and uh, 
you know, loved it and uh, loved you know the baddies and loved all the kind of action and the you know all the sort of mucking about and and all these sort of new superpowers that he didn't know Superman had. Uh, especially at the end, in, 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 when they're at the Fortress of Solitude and just always disappearing and all that, anything. Well, I didn't know maybe do that. Um, yeah, I, I liked all that. I bought into it as a kid. I think it doesn't. It just doesn't really sort of stand up too well, uh, you know, uh, in, in now. But I mean, that's maybe not a crime if you see what I mean. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it's not a crime. I, I, I certainly don't berate the film for it, but I, I, but it just doesn't stand up as strongly as the first one. The more you talk about the the flaws in the logic of either the characters or the storytelling, the harder it is to either defend or berate each of the films as you go on. Because mm-hmm. the first one, as we've already talked about, we, you know, one of the difficult things is the the whole turning the world back thing. And we both completely gave that a pass because it was acceptable to the story. And in this one, you have similar things going on. And it's, and it's literally a case of, uh, do you accept them or not now? And in the third film, even more so. Because the films just mm. get darker as they go on. And that's yeah. the thing that people forget is that Donna Cut or not, there is a heck of a lot more comedy in Superman 2 than there was the first one. Oh, and people seem to forget that. People really seem to forget that. There's a lot of yeah. dumb stuff going on that you get in the third film that people are happy to have a go at, but they forget there's a lot of it in the second one as well. Oh, it starts in the second, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but like I said, not even just necessarily the Lester cut, because I looked at the Donna cut, and the bit when she jumps out the window at the beginning of that is daft. Yeah. And then when she looks up, you know, because she lands on, what is it, she lands on the fruit cart or something? Yeah, yeah. And then she realises that Clark's still up there, and she sort of has a comedy pass out. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that that are sort of very similar to what you, as the series would go on, but we'll, we'll get there. So the actual story itself, mainly I suppose the drama focuses on their love relationship in the second one. Yeah. Yeah. How did you feel about that in either version? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I liked it. I, I really like it. And the thing is, that, um, the the funny thing about it is that um, the, I mean, we haven't really started talking about the the, the Donna. Uh, cut yet but the mm-hmm. the relationship is uh you know I, I actually quite like i mean one of my favorite scenes in the movie yeah um and this is lester's um you know theatrical cut movie which yep. is, is not in in the the donna cut is the reveal at, at the uh in the nasty uh you know um um uh, hotel suite that they're in the reveal yeah. that when, when he gets his hand in the fire and uh, and she yeah. and finds it's, there's nothing wrong with it you know that whole scene is it gives me goosebumps it's one of the best scenes in the film and it's not, really. not and it's and it's a Lester scene this is a, such a weird thing because the, the the equivalent scene that that um, Donna put into his cut which they had to use the uh, they had to use the screen test because they never actually shot it mm. um, was was where she shoots him that's right. And that is such a dumb scene. It's so dumb for so many reasons. And is nowhere near as as uh, as as sort of wonderfully you uh. know, kind of a- acted. It's just very, very odd, you know. I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to flip them. Right. <laughs> well, sort of, because I, I don't like it full stop. Mm. The whole romance I, I don't like, only because the ending of the film entirely is unsatisfactory for me. I don't like the whole, well, I need to choose not to be with you, because that's just not acceptable to me. Uh, I don't get it. I, I, they didn't convince me on either cut of, no, a, of a reason that. why. And yeah. that's why it annoys me watching it. That's why I don't like... Even I just get bored watching the build-up of it, and then the reveal, and then them off shagging at the Ice Palace, um, or whatever they do. Although there's some lovely 
scenes between them. Yeah. Uh, one in particular is when he takes her to the uh, the Fortress of Solitude and he's having dinner with her, and he won't take his eyes off her. And Christopher Reeve, uh, Reeve is playing it beautifully, just literally he's just staring at her while yeah. he's talking to her, and he's got such a really you know he's got those you know really cool blue eyes, yeah. um, and the way he's looking at her is is, is really well played. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself here. The oh, uh, yeah. the, the yeah. reveal scene. The, the the I don't think I like the one in the hotel because of all the pink furniture around him and the fact that he trip is it because he trips and falls into the fire? <laughs> yeah, he trips on the on the bearskin, the fake bearskin. He must have. Oh, doesn't she call it out though? Maybe you wanted that to happen. Yeah, or th- but and you see, this is this is why I think that scene gets a pass, whereas the other yeah. one doesn't. Because... The other one I was gonna say is it is dumb because I'm like, really, you're gonna shoot him? I tell you why that really doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That scene because you know, so she's threatening with the gun. Yeah. Okay. And she, he's like, "Yeah, Lois, don't be stupid." <laughs> right? And uh, and she's so convinced he's Superman that she shoots him. Right. And he then goes, "Oh, yeah, you got me." Right. You know, you, you know, bloody hell. You know, oh no, I've been you know busted. Right. No, 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 no. Uh, See, he does. He that does. Thing he, does. He, he goes. You know. He goes. You know. If you'd been wrong, you'd have killed Clark Kent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and then it, she goes with a blank. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Now, yeah, do you yeah. think the Man of Steel would have known if he'd been sh- actually hit with anything yeah. or not? I think yeah. he would have. So it just doesn't make it it's completely <laughs> dumb. He would not have been taken over by that. He would not have been convinced by that. He'd been like, yeah. you shot me with a blank. <laughs> yes. yeah, I'm still uh, Clark. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, no, no like, I have to give you that completely. No, that yeah. is completely right. Uh, my only half, half-ass defense for that is... One, the sudden reaction he has when she pulls the trigger, he sort of shoots into a standing position and his face just completely changes. And I'm like, that's excellent. That's him changing into Superman and he's given the game away. But it's because he says, you know, if you were wrong, you would have killed Clark Kent. Yeah, he shouldn't have said that. He should have known that there was no bullet. But I still think they could have played it without a bullet and him realizing that there's not a bullet, but he'd given himself away in his reaction, if you know what I mean. But you they got, don't. Yeah, I mean, you got to remember that in the first movie when they get um, when they get uh, uh, mugged by the, the guy in the back street and he and he, he shoots a gun and he catches the bullet. And oh, that's and great! That moment, oh, I forgot about that. Right, so he can see bullets coming. He can catch yeah. them. You know, there, there is no way that this would work on him. Damn shit! I can't use that excuse either. And and even if he was surprised, yeah, and literally sort of surprised that she actually shot him, he he could just work that into a Clark reaction. He didn't have to go. Well, yeah. you know, they, you got me, <laughs> you know, unless he wanted to, but that, but none of that is in that scene. So that yeah, subtlety, yeah, yeah. that kind of get out clause of wanting yeah. to reveal is not in it. So yeah. it's kind of, it doesn't work for me. And I, and I just love the, um, I think what, one of the things that the Lester stuff has, has an advantage over the, uh, the Donna, uh, shot stuff was that they had, it, some of it was, you know, he had to reshoot stuff they'd already done because, because in order to get his name as as the director, you know, you have to have a certain percentage of yeah. the movie as yours, and so you know, and so a lot of the a lot of these scenes, um, they got to do again. You know, they got to kind of go back and do them again, and a lot of them are are better the second time they did them because they thought, you know, got to sort of have a think about maybe how they did it the first time, and you know, so there's like I tell you a really good example. Um, there's a bit where when they go, when the baddies get to the um, town, the first town that they wreck, you know, that kind of midwestern town. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> um, there's a bit where they've got a, they've got some you know general, and he goes, "Oh, you're a general," you know, and he goes, "I answer only to the president," you know, and um, 
and the, and that whole thing is a different take that they use in the Donnacan, and it's not as good because it, it's it's so, it's so odd, you know. It's it's it it doesn't work as well. And there's a couple of others as well, mm. um, like when the, with the president reveal uh, yeah. when when he uh, he says, "I will kneel before you," but you know, uh, as long as it saves lives, and, and Zod says something like, "Well, it, it will," starting with your own, you know. And the difference in delivery on in the Donnacan because it's the earlier version. Mm. You know, it isn't. It's not as good. It's like it's like he's kind of gone back and thought. Actually, I can do. I can do something more with that. Yeah. And I think that's. It's a kind of unfortunate advantage that that Lester's movie has in some areas. You know, yeah. over Donna's. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, but that is. I suppose it's it's nitpicky, but it's kind of you know when you know the original movie very well, and then you watch you know an alternative cut of it. It's kind of you will pick out those things where you think actually I think. Yeah, I think Lester's version was better. No, yeah. no, no, I know because I agree. In general, I definitely agree that the the original is better than the Donna Cup, and for for very 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 similar reasons. The, the alternate scenes just aren't that great. That like the one at the beginning when she jumps out the window, I don't like it as much. The mm. stuff that they're doing up at Niagara, I don't like it as much. I like the fact that they did that thing where, and I thought it was very clever, where she tried to fool Clark by jumping in the river. Yeah. And you've got that great because you've got you get to see Clark bumbling about while trying to save her, but secretly being Superman at the same time. Yeah, and I thought that worked wonderfully well, and it still looks good as well. Doesn't you know? There's not, it's not a dummy you see floating about in the river no, going help. Yeah. <laughs> help. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no, I definitely agree. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, and no, I think you perfectly argued this the reveal scene. So. Yeah, I don't think the Donna one has any defense at all now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, except the it, fact that it was a screen test they had to use. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, that's unfortunate because they because you know it was you yeah. you can imagine that was so early on. I think the, I just in, enjoy the acting in it better. Yeah. I just like it's like wow, look at that. Even doing the screen test, he's doing such a fantastic job, kind of thing. Yeah, and um, she's great as well. But yeah, it's just, yeah. it just kind of yeah. Gone. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it, it, it's kind of problematic and. Uh, and I, I like the fact that obviously we we cut the um, you know we cut a lot of the kind of slapstick out of it, which is good, you mm. know, because that is shit. Um, the, the whole ice cream in the face and the wig and you know, oh my hair, what about your, what about my hair, <laughs> you know, all that kind of crap, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, yeah, and the guy on roller skates and. Uh, Oh yeah, the old guy down. Yeah, that's it. See what I mean? People slag off Superman three, and yeah, yeah. you've got that fucking dumbass action sequence in yeah. Superman two with some old guy in a disco uh, yeah. waistcoat on roller skates shooting backwards down the street. And like, and there's a guy on. with an the open umbrella phone. dressed as Gene Kelly getting yeah. blown back as well, looking yeah. like the singing. The, the guy on the phone that gets blown over just, just stays yeah, on and carries the phone. on talking. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's great for young kids and everything, but it's yeah. like, come on, that is dumb. That is that is a bit stupid, but whatever. Um, there's, a, there's a little bit of looping dialogue I noticed that, that they took out of one scene that's common to both movies which I thought was interesting that they took it out which was mm-hmm. th- there's there's a bit where um, I think Ursa when she throws that um, manhole cover at Superman he gets it in the gut and and, yeah. kind of, and he flies back and I think he lands in someone's on someone's car and smashes a windscreen yeah and then they start having a uh, you know, fight on top of the, on the roof of the car, and yeah. um, I think in the original, in the Lester cut, you can hear a bit of looped, you know, dialogue. Uh, someone saying, "You'll pay for that," <laughs> or you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when he smashes the screen, and they they took that out, you know. Um, 
Although, weirdly, another little bit of looped dialogue, I thought, and that's never going to make it in the Donner Cut, surely, and, uh, is when he saves the little boy at the Niagara and you hear someone go, of course he's Jewish. What? <laughs> I was thinking, what? And, that, and, and you, know, you should clearly hear someone. I mean, it's obviously some looped-in you know, little joke that they put in there. Of course he's Jewish. And, uh, and, uh, but that's in both versions. I'm like, oh, right, I thought they might have taken that out then. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. So it's a shame that the romance is such is so short lived because you know he gives up his powers for Lois, and then literally the moment he finds out something's wrong on the planet, it's like I've got to go back. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, though, that is probably one of my favourite scenes is the scene in the diner. Like I said, General Zod doesn't impress me all that much, but the guy in the diner that beats the living hell out of Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Kicks him through that, you know, pane of glass. Yeah. That had me horrified as a kid, terrified, <laughs> because there was nothing he could do because he, you know, he he wasn't Superman anymore. Yeah, and, and he, he was a true asshole, wasn't he? Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, proper proper schmuck. But yeah. and uh, that's why I'm so glad that it's the final scene in the film when he get that guy gets his comeuppance. Yeah. Again, it's it, and even then, as a kid, I was kind of gutted that he didn't get a little bit more than what he did get. You know, I mean, obviously, you didn't want Superman to go in there and knock the guy's head off because he'd kill him. But sure. at the same time, he got a bit of a, a, you know, again, it was a little bit too comedic, uh, the way that he dealt with this guy. Well, I mean, yeah, getting, you know, disorders to go down the old um, bar. <laughs> <laughs> he does try to punch him first, doesn't he? And almost yeah. breaks his hand on his ribs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, and I think he lands in Spins a him on that chair. But, but, and you notice that, you know, Reeve does the little, little, you know, mug to camera. You know, down the pipe, uh, breaking the fourth wall. After that, as well, when when he goes, um, oh, I've been working out. You know, and he turns to camera and sort of gives a little eyebrow. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, really? (laughs) Here we are. That's your that's your lead into Superman three right there. (laughs) If you hadn't, but I did like his I did like his opening uh, line when he comes back in. He's like, I've never seen garbage in garbage before. (laughs) And the guy looks at him, and then he just suddenly changes his tone and sort of pushes his glasses up and goes, "Excuse me, sir, I think you're seeing it. My favorite scene." Yeah. That's probably oh, my favourite bit in the whole film, actually, because I was like, yay, that's the, the comeuppance I was looking for. <laughs> Although, having said that, the way General Zod goes out is pretty classic. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But that, that's right at the end. Anything you want to talk about as he's still a human? Um, well, do you, I, I always found, and watching it, sort of, watching both cuts... I should rec- never see something as lovely as a tree. <laughs> watching uh, both cuts uh, recently, I, I was, I wasn't, um, I was having trouble being convinced that, A, he would, you know, literally, you know, a couple of hours, it, it seems, you know, after, you know, revealing himself and, and declaring their love for each other, that he would then give up his, his powers, right? I, yeah. I, I I have a hard time kind of believing that they would do that. Um, mm. And, and again, uh, another weird thing, because, you know, don't get me wrong, I love Richard Donner, I love the first movie, blah, 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 mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. But, again, in the, in the Lester version, the whole thing with, with him take, getting his powers taken away in the in the chamber... Um, is better. It's done better, and and it's more dramatic. Uh, it's yeah. so weird, you know. It's it's she's there's a reaction shot with her where he says to um, to his mother because it's 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 um, Susanna, thing, York. Susanna York because yeah. Brando was cut out completely. Yep. Um, um, yeah, he says you know you know something like you know I, I, I love her you know and she has this reaction shot where she closes her eyes and and it's quite it's quite more it's much more sort of 
romantically, you know, sort of I don't know, powerful. Whereas yeah. in I think in 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 the Donner cut, it's like it just it's not so good, you know, and it, and it kind of you do. But even in but in both versions, you definitely think, hang on a minute, really, you're gonna you're gonna give up being Superman now you know like you're not gonna think about it for a bit you know yeah. <laughs> you're not gonna try seeing if there's any way you can be together without having to do that you know or, or i mean you you know because the thing is you, they tell him that you can't do it don't they i mean in both yeah. cuts he says you, you if you want to live with a human you've got to be a human yeah. um but you think well yeah but he's broken the rules before why doesn't he just go well screw that i'm you know i'm gonna be superman and i'm gonna be with you know, I, mean, I don't. You, you don't really understand why you. They can't even. They can't have a crack at that. And and that's the same problem yeah. that you that you mentioned earlier at, at the end, isn't it? When when you kind of think, yeah. well, why why do they have to? Why does it have to kind of be all lost? You know. Yeah. I understand that. You know. But yeah, so there's a couple of th- uh, bits about that 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 don't quite work for me. You know, I don't mind the instantly going back to get your powers back though. I don't mind that bit because yeah. you think, well, yeah, you got to try. Mm-hmm. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the stuff that's going on in the meantime, in either cut, bores the living hell out of me. Whether it's the, uh, the three villains on the moon bores me when they're in that small town. I'm like, really? They're in a small town just pissing about with locals. That bores mm-hmm. me. And then the White House, you know, it's like, yeah, they're dum de dum. It's okay. What do you think about Gene Hackman, who we've not mentioned in the second one? Ah, much well, much more of a comedic foil. Well, for the bad you know, be- because poor Otis uh, doesn't get out of the prison, you'll notice that, yeah. that they've now, you know, G- uh, you know, Luther has it has um, inherited Otis's comedy music. You know, yeah. so everything, <laughs> everything with with uh, with Lu- uh, with Lex and Mister um, Spider, you know, <laughs> everything with that is is got bloody Otis's theme behind it the comedy theme you know and, and it's like she well, disappears again doesn't she yeah oh yeah she's she's gone after the um, the tortures of solitude yeah but I thought that was you know I, I, I thought that was really interesting that you know that they uh, because they don't have Otis and because you know the way that the film the tone of the film took, and don't get me wrong I thought I thought Hackman was was funny you know I thought some of his lines were great you know, and, you know the whole thing about you know, there's uh, you are three, uh, you know, four if you count him twice. You know, I thought his delivery was is good. You know, but but I don't like him having the comedy music behind him because you think, oh, hang on, yeah, oh, that's you know, things really have changed. You know, yeah. Um, I to, I always got annoyed by I, I get annoyed by the fact that it's it's almost every time he does something for the bad guy, Zod then goes, we don't need him anymore, kill him. Yeah, kill him, yeah. He does it at least four times, and I'm yeah. like, and he's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's sort of running out of cards to, to pull out of his sleeve, isn't he? And, uh, yeah. It, it's, it's a good performance. I think he's good, isn't he? And I, yes. I quite like but when, when when the big Manhattan, I say Manhattan, Metropolis uh, fight is going on, and he, it cuts back to him, and he's sort of, languishing and you know sort of laying back and he's looking at his watch and going you know there's a couple of lines there where it was good you know um yeah you know i i I quite like his performance but not um when you sort of think of it in juxtaposition to the first movie i think that's that's the problem with it you know yeah 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 well it's only going to get worse when we get to superman 4 sure um, so the showdown then, this was all so, uh, shot in the UK, if I remember rightly. I remember seeing yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff on the telly at the time and getting excited about, you know, seeing the film. 
So yeah. that much I do remember. But yeah, like I said, there's a lot of dumb stuff there. The stuff between the actual sort of superheroes themselves, yeah, it's all right. It's basically they're, they're just sort of doing a bit of one-upmanship, aren't they? I'm going to throw this at you, you throw that at me, and till it gets to the point where the villains uh, discover that, oh, you know, he actually cares mm. for these uh, humans, and then they start, you know, causing a bit of uh, damage among the people. Although nothing... You know, I don't, I don't think you see anybody die. No, no one dies. Um, and it literally gets to the point where they're literally just blowing them down the street. Until <laughs> yeah. so Superman thinks, right, what I've got to do is get the fuck out of here and make them follow yeah. me. Yeah. And um, then off to the Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Yeah, it is extremely lacking in peril in terms of human loss. Mm. Uh, and and you do think, you know, if you, if you were an evil, and certainly as evil as these three are, are kind of described as, as being... Um, the you know you you really could do a lot of damage, couldn't you? I mean, you know, the, you know what I mean. You could yeah. do some serious damage, and and it'd be. I mean, you know, the the the, the Dark Knight version of that <laughs> scene, you know, that yeah. you know, the kind of dark version of it would would be quite horrendous. Yeah. You know, I mean, in there, terms there of is a these... parallel though to Superman to the Dark Knight and well, uh, Spider Man to they've all got the same parallel, which is it's the film where the superhero tries to give up his identity. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then the third yeah. one is where they face off against an evil twin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what did you think about the the showdown at the Fortress of Solitude then? Um. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a kid, I I I, I really dug it. I li- I liked all the kind of you know the the little you know little special effects stuff. You know, they pulling the the S off his chest and chucking it at Non, and you know. Yeah. What the, the hell the, was that thing? God knows, who knows? Don't know, uh, and and I, I believe it. And then that off, game you uh, like to play as a child, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it pisses off the uh, the comic fans no end. I think some of the stuff in that scene because <laughs> it's like, well, you, know, you know, you just invented things that Superman can do now. You know, um, yeah, the whole thing used to play this as a child. You know, who who with you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, the cat yeah. and the dog. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, you know, I, I think again. Making the comparison to the um, the Donner cut of that scene, I, you know, I think in a way, even though it's sort of dumb, it's kind of uh, probably one of the problems with with Donner's cut is that it's it's still dumb, but it's just not as dumb, mm. you know, and and therefore you it's it it's still dumb but less spectacular. So yeah. you kind of think, uh, really, you know, he wasn't really able to replace the dumb with. The great, if you see what I mean, you know. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So, sort of, so that you know, again, the end scene is, is probably more enjoyable in the, in the Leicester cut because there's more going on, um, even if it is completely dumb. But the, but the whole movie is is like that anyway. So it's kind of you know, yeah, in for a penny, in for a pound kind of thing. So, but I mean, bearing all this in mind, again, it, just, it literally just brings me full circle back. to Actually, let's go, let's talk about the, the the final scene first, or okay. scenes in either version. Then we'll, we'll talk we'll round it up. The final scene, in terms of we've, we've talked about the uh, the truck stop scene, the cafe scene, which is yeah. lovely. Well, love a bit of that. Now, what about the the kiss, the magic kiss? The magic kiss in the Leicester cut. Yeah. Yes, because in um, the Donner he just turns the roll back again. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, right. Well, whatever. Uh, yeah, the magic which, kiss then. Yeah. Well, but of course that that there is therein lies the the kind of problem with the with the Donner cut is that they wouldn't have done that had you know. Because because they were forced to use the world turning back thing for in the first, the first one, one to yeah. wrap it up, you know, 
um, they would have, you know, they they did that with a view to finding a different ending for the second one when they got to it, you know. So yes. so they weren't ever going to do that world turning back thing. And I think the the fact that Donna decided to stick that back in um, mm. in his cut is kind of um, is kind of a, a more of a fuck you to Spengler and and Salkinds than, <laughs> the, than it is a kind of real you know proper choice that he really would have made because he wouldn't have done that because he'd done it in the first one yeah. so um so i don't like seeing that i have to say I don't, I don't like that but whereas the kiss solution is kind of again it's like so superman can do that right yeah um um but again but, I, it, 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 I suppose that the answer for, for anyone you know not wanting to argue is well if you're going to accept that the guy can fly then <laughs> yeah he can do this and if he can shoot lasers out of his eyes blah blah yeah. blah and turn the yeah. world backwards etc etc and to be fair he does do it again in the fourth film Oh God, he he reveals himself that, to Lois once again. He has a chat with her, you know, unloads his problems and then kisses her again and then she's back to normal. <laughs> yeah, it's a device then, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the the thing is with the kiss, I don't mind it in in and of itself in terms of a yes. device, you know, I don't mind it. But I think it, it's just co- it goes back to that, what we said earlier about the fact that you, you just feel a bit like they sh- they they could have tried harder to 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 let her still know that he's, He's, uh, exactly, to, and uh, just deal with it. And if they yeah. decided full on, and I would have been happy with this. Look, it's too dangerous, and it's not worth it. So we're just going to have to, you know, like a breakup. Yeah. You know, like you know, proper adults have, uh, and then just having to deal with you know the hardship of that. Mm. Uh, you know, it's very nice that he can do this thing for her, and then only he has to live with it. But yeah. it would have been nice for her to live it for him as well. Uh, I mean, having said that, I, I really like that the, the scene that again the, the scene that they shot has has some great um, emoting. You know, I mean, she is mm-hmm. in pieces. You know, and she's yeah. some of the, the the stuff in that is great. It's it's tear jerking almost. You know, it's it is good. You know, I, I like the pain that she, you know that she's kind of you know um, delivering, and, and and so you do kind of think, well, you know, perhaps it's just, it is just too much for her and all that. But but you just sort of wonder why it has to be like that why it has to be like that because obviously i mean we know why superman has a you know hidden identity we you know because obviously it's the it's the same reason any superman any superhero yeah. does you know um but i don't know it just it yeah there is something definitely uh, 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 not quite working about it all but but i do think uh, yeah there are some really sort of lovely uh, moments you know in it even if the entire thing kind of sort of, sort of leaves you asking questions you know Yes, uh, yeah, it, it certainly does, and just mainly a little bit unsatisfied with the way that they've resolved that. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, you know, at, at the end of it, either version. But I mean, it's clear that we both prefer the Leicester version. Yeah. So if we look at just the Leicester version, I'm still like, really, there's people out there that think this is superior to Superman One. Um, and really, there's people out there that think it's it's the same, that it's on a par. I'm way down. I'm like in three star territory for this one. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I I would be too. Maybe three and a half for me. Um, I, yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think three for the Donna, three and a half for the Lester. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I want to say two and a half for the Lester and three for uh, two and a half for the Donna and three for the Lester. Right. <laughs> I tell you what, the the funniest thing about this that, that this whole you know thing for me in in watching you know supplementary material and hearing Richard Don talk about um about the various sort of changes and stuff is one of the things that he talks at length about is this idea of 
of this uh, amazing uh, transformation, you know, that occurs with with, with Reeve, you know, where where he he changes from Clark to Superman while still being looking like Clark, you know, I mean, it, yeah. and, and all that. And, um, and he goes waxes lyrical about that. And, and the funniest thing about, about it is that, you know, that's pretty good in, in that scene that he's talking about in the, in the, mm. the, uh, the screen test scene. Yeah. But in the, um, the reshoot, you know, when, when they're in the hotel, mm-hmm. I don't know whether you can, I mean, you, know, you saw it recent, recently enough to, to picture it, but you know, he, he walks away you know, with his and he had his back to the camera, and the man That's grows right. about half a foot. That's you know, right. His it, posture changes, doesn't it? His posture changes, and his his it's just it's quite bit. incredible when you watch it. I mean, I watched mm. I literally watched it today that scene just to remind myself of it. And you know, and he, he you know he turns away from the camera, goes away, and and the man just kind of God, I don't know. I, yeah, it's just amazing what he does yeah, with his yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I know the exact shot you're talking about. Yeah. The one before that, though, if they wanted to get a bit comical, because you know when he, when he dis- discovers he's busted, he sort of fists the the ground. Yes. Before getting up, it would be nice if he put a big fucking dent in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's that's a weird a thing that, that kind of call, calls another thing that's a bit odd about the, some of the fights uh, as well with the supervillains is that you know have you noticed like how some sometimes you get these shots where they obviously got to spend some money because it's a special effect and so they've got mm-hmm. you know you've got non coming out of the the ground and 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 he's obviously been smacked so hard that he's come out of the ground and he goes through the office building, through the floor, that's through the ceiling, right, yeah. out the other end. <laughs> right. And then you've got other times when they're just kind of belting each other like anyone would. <laughs> you know, and sort of just sort of scuffling like a couple of people pissed off at the pub. Yeah. Um, I think the one that I always liked was when he grabs General Zod by an arm and a leg and spins him round and throws him like Coca-Cola sign because, yeah. you know, even Zod's going, oh, oh, uh, <laughs> like an old guy. And, 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 and as he's flying through the air, you're thinking... You know you can fly, right? You know why aren't you just flying <laughs> off? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like yeah, chuck me yeah, at a coke sign, will you? I can fly, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still. Product placement city, isn't it? Here, oh, God, let me yeah, throw you through a Marlborough van. Marlborough van. <clears> yeah. God. Oh well, never mind. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm good yeah. with Superman two. Yep, three and a half for Ben. Three, three for me. That is going to be it for part one. Certainly yeah. can't wait to get to the next one, pal. Oh, my. Oh, we're going to have fun. Oh, we're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we will speak to you then. Cool.